Amen. You may be seated. I want to take a minute and just tell you about a new book that we have coming out. It's called The Gospel of the Kingdom. And you can uh, get that book online. We got in a hurry and didn't get a table set up and actually forgot about it. And uh, so you can order it online through our website or through Amazon. You can get an ebook there as well. Uh, Tim wrote a really nice endorsement for the book. I'm very thankful for that. So did uh, Apostle Tom Sleater. And I was going to read Tim's today, but I picked up the wrong copy. I picked up the Spanish version out of the truck, and I, and I was going to read Tim, but it says, uh, all I can get out of it is me amigo Greg, and that's it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just very thankful that uh, we have it in English, too. But we use this book in Kingdom University. Tim talked a little bit about that. He's, uh, he's one of our teachers. Tom teaches as well. And God is really breathing on Kingdom U. Uh, you can find out more about Kingdom U on our website too. Uh, it's, we started two years ago here, and we call it the mainland because Joanne and I had the privilege of surf, suffering for Jesus for 10 years in Hawaii. And uh, we moved back to the mainland in 2020 and, and kicked Kingdom U off here. Our first year we had about 100 students in three campuses. This year we got a little above 500 students in 21 campuses around the nation and it looks like next year we could have 1500 students in around 45 50 campuses around the nation can you give the lord a hand clap for that god birthed kingdom you to help people who have been in traditional religious churches settings mindset shift out of that into more of a kingdom mindset Dutch is also one of our teachers. Chuck has spoke at several of our conferences. Actually, Dutch and Chuck both wrote a foreword in this book. I'd love to tell you about it, but it's in Spanish in this copy. <laughs> uh, we do have English versions again. Anybody in here Spanish? You speak Spanish, you read in Spanish. Wrong crowd, wrong book. I'll just lay it right here, and anybody that knows somebody that's... You speak Spanish, ma'am? Hey, give this to Mexico. Come on up here and get this. We bless Mexico with it. Hallelujah. We also have two campuses opening up in Costa Rica in 2023. I'm just so very excited about that, and I love Costa Rica, and we're going to get some of these teachers down there in Costa Rica, and... We're going to change Central America. I really believe in my heart that the Hispanic community, the culture, the Latino people play a major role in awakening and reformation in this nation. And we're believing God for that. Amen? <clears throat> what we're getting ready to see is not going to come like we've seen it before. Testing. Y'all got me? Amen? If you're looking for Brownsville, you're not going to find it in what God's getting ready to do. This is not going to be a Toronto. This is not something that God is releasing in the nation and in the world, actually, that's going to look like anything in the past. We're getting ready to see nations transform into what God has spoken prophetically over our nations. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tim, as Tom was coming up to prophesy, please don't let him prophesy before me any longer. He gives words I like to give. I love you, Tom. Actually, he's not Tom's leader. He's St. Thomas of Arlington. But as you begin to share this morning, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart that along those lines that Tom was prophesying into you, that now this ministry is beholden to no man. And no man has his voice or his hand in this ministry any longer. And what God is getting ready to release you into is so timely, timely, timely what God is bringing this house into. I shared with you in the green room a little earlier that last time I was here walking up these very steps, the Lord said, this is America's church. Now, that doesn't mean this is the only church in America or the only church for the nation. But the assignment that this apostolic house has is to help bring and help shift America into her prophetic destiny. Amen? 
Now, there are many others around the nation that are called to do that as well, but this house has a very specific assignment to help shift America into what God has called her to do. And now no man can, can ever say, well, we're going to pull back the accelerator. We're going to press the accelerator. God has all of this in his hands, and debt is broken off, and now God's getting ready to fill the war chest. Amen? He's getting ready to fill the war chest with kingdom expansion out of this house like never before. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord began to stir my heart concerning this morning, and I'm going to try to do my best to bring all of it together. I've just, it's just so much in my heart. America is in a very unique place. We have been for a long time, but the uniqueness of the place is becoming more defined. We're in a very good time. We're in a time right now that in the natural, it can look pretty hopeless. But where we're going and what we're seeing in the spirit is very, very exciting. That's why I feel last night was so very significant in what God was doing or is doing in this nation. I saw that seraphim and that altar last night hovering right up in the center of this building. And part of that prophetic word that God gave me for Apostle Tim was that God was giving you guys an altar for the nation. And I saw him strike that altar full of coals with an iron rod. And when it did, those coals began to spread across the room and into the nation and begin to touch the lips of those that are saying, here am I, send me. You're getting ready to see an uncovering and a coming forth, a curtain being pulled back for those that people have never heard of before. And God is saying to us today, it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter where you are, where are you willing to go? What are you willing to allow Holy Spirit to do for you, in you, and through you in this hour to bring a nation back into what God originally intended for her to be? Now, we just break off of us this religious demonic idea that says we're all just trying to get in a building and huddle together for Jesus to come. Oh no, that false doctrine has been cast down, amen? And we're in a place that we see God loves nations. God loves nations. He said nations will be saved in a day. He even has said in, in the book of, of, of Psalms chapter 33 in verse 12, he said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his inheritance. Now, one of the words of the definitions of this word blessed is the word bold or called to be blessed. A blessed people is a bold people. Amen. On that day of Pentecost when those tongues of fire begin to move around that room and touch everyone in that room, there was a baptism of boldness that was released upon the ecclesia that day and they begin to even be described as those that have turned the world upside down. Amen. That's coming into this nation right now. God is raising up a people like you to be those that upset the structures, the world, the cosmos, the orders that are in place in the world right now to a point that governments become afraid of the ecclesia entering their town or walking through their jurisdiction. There's a new order in the earth, and that new order is the government of the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? There's a scripture that I want to give you today as well out of Proverbs 29, verses 1 to 2. It says, a man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. Let me read that again. A man who hardens his neck 
after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. I'm going to share a dream in a few minutes that I had that has to do with this portion of this verse. It goes on to say, it says, when the righteous or when righteousness increases, the people rejoice. But when wicked men rule, people groan. The church is coming out of coexistence. The church is coming out of compromise. The church is coming out of can't we all get along. The church is finding true definitions of love and the biblical definitions of power and we're beginning to walk in a place to where righteousness is overtaking darkness. America is in her day of redemption. Do not be mistaken. The enemy's hand is slipping from the grip that he's had on this nation and righteousness is being restored to America. Can you say amen? <clears throat> There's a lot of groaning going on right now in our nation. <laughs> Pull up to the gas pump. See how many Bible verses of blessing you quote. Look at the food prices. Look at all the inflation in the nation today that is being denied, actually. And there's a lot of gro groaning that's going on. There's a sign when groaning begins to happen. It means the wicked are in charge. It's just the fact of it. But righteousness is on the move. Oh, hallelujah. Righteousness is on the move. And I've said this before, and I feel very inclined to say it again this morning. The devil is not playing his best hand in our nation right now. He's playing his last hand. Amen. This is not his best hand. There are no aces up his sleeve. Nothing in his view that he can use and pull to get a victory out of this. The kingdom of God is advancing in America. The ecclesia is coming into maturity and righteousness is springing up all across America to bring her back into her prophetic blueprint. President James Garfield, the 20th president of our nation, he was also a minister in the Second Great Awakening. Did you know that? He said in 1876, now more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of the Congress. If that body be ignorant, we can stop and preach right there all day, reckless, well, yep, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. That's a second great awakening preacher. That's language of awakening. He went on to say, if it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand those qualities to represent them in the national legislator. Wow. Isn't that amazing? We're seeing this very same thing today in our nation. There's a lot of ignorance, there's a lot of recklessness, and there's a lot of corruption going on throughout our governmental structure that is shifting us, or trying to steer us rather, away from what God has called us to do and called us to be. He went on to say, if the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise the culture and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. What is he saying? He said those that God has given to represent this great enterprise, this great nation, the morality of this nation, if we do not step in and take control back, we will not see our nation turn back to what God has had in her heart. Now listen to this. No one represents the morality, the enterprise, and the culture of a nation better than the church. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. 
Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior. I would dare to say today without having to be very prophetic that your life is not very quiet and your life is probably not as peaceful as you would desire it to be. So we must be people that pray that God and the intercession movement that Dutch has led throughout these last 30 plus years has brought us to a place today that we can now begin to deal with the unrighteousness that is causing upheaval, that is causing a lot of noise that shouldn't be there, and also causing the un the unrest in our nation that we have today. This is fixable. Do you believe that? Let me give you a couple other quotes today. John Hancock, a founding father, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He said, I urge you by all that is dear, by all that is honorable, by all that is sacred, not only that you pray, but that you also act. Whew. I heard an old preacher in Mississippi say one time, there's a time to pray and then there's time to put feet to your prayers. Yeah, y'all need to lace up your boots. It's time to put feet to our prayers, amen? Hancock was right. We must continue to pray and we're entering into a time in our nation today that we're getting ready to uh, let me be careful with my language today so they don't, I don't get Tim in trouble. But we're getting ready to raise our hand for whomever is going to be sitting in seats of authority in our nation, right? We're getting ready to do that. And as we go into that time in the fall, we need to know what we are electing. We need to know what we are approving. We need to know what we are lifting our hands to. And we've, the church must move out of the culture to where everything is about an elephant or an ass. Amen. And understand it's about a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. This is his nation. This doesn't belong to an elephant or an ass. It doesn't belong to a party. This belongs to a kingdom. And I declare today that America is coming out of the hands of those that have hijacked her and she's coming back into the hands of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and she is going to be a scepter in the hand of the King and as he stretches this nation out over the nations of the world, the gospel of the kingdom will be the driving force and voice of this nation. Oh, glory to God. We as believers, we have a responsibility, a duty, and a stewardship with this great liberty that God has given us. The church must get back to the political position set forth, the idea that was given 150 years ago by Reverend Frederick Douglass, a famous African-American. He was also a civil rights leader. Before, during, and after the Civil War, Douglas explained to voters in his day, he said this, I have but one great political idea. The best expression of it I found in the Bible. It is righteousness exalteth a nation, and sin is a reproach to many people. This constitutes, he says, my politics the negative and the positive of my politics, the whole of my politics. Family, God is holding us accountable for how we are stewarding this nation. We have lived our life and we've lived in the, in the ballot box and gone there by what will make life easier for us. What will put more money in my pocket? What will help me do what I want to do in life? 
Our view has to shift from that welfare mentality of allowing people to sit in seats of authority that govern in such a way that make my life easy by removing responsibility from me and giving it to those that are in those seats to a mindset of now I'm getting out of my seat, I'm crawling off of my couch, I'm getting out of my lazy boy and I'm gonna go and I'm going to support the vision of the king in this nation. Though it may not be easy, let it come. Though it may be hard, bring it on. Though we may find ourselves in places that are very straight for us, we are willing to do whatever it takes to pay whatever price we have to pay to bring this nation back to what God has called her to be. Hallelujah. Reverend Matthias Burnett, during an election sermon that he gave on May 12, 1803, made a bold statement to his congregation. He said this, To God and posterity you are accountable for your right and your rulers. Let not your children have a reason to curse you for giving up those rights and that position those institutions which your fathers delivered to you. Strong statement. We find stories in the Bible about kings that said, just make it easy for me, let my kids deal with it. And they did, it brought a curse on them. Let our children not curse us for the shape that we've left this nation in when we put it into their hands, but let them rejoice knowing that we bled again, that we fought again, that we, we interceded to a point that we gave up our food. Let them know that we, we, we risk our reputations and we risk our wealth not loving those things more than we love the purpose of God for this nation. He went on to say, upon which the welfare and the stability of government must much depends is the choice of wise and worth men, men of sound heads, mm, honest hearts, and, and extraordinary lives to fill the legislative, the judicial, and the executive departments of state. I could cuss right there, but I won't. I'll leave that an inside thought. But we don't have that in our nation's capital today. I don't know about Ohio, how it looks there, but many other states in our union today do not have those characteristics as well. Charles Finney, a great leader in America's Second Great Awakening, reminded the church of, in his day, he said this, the church must take right ground in regarding politics. Christians have been exceedingly guilty in this matter, but time has come, then they must act differently. God cannot sustain this free and blessed country which we love and pray unless the church will take right ground. This preacher of the gospel stood up in front of his congregation in an awakening and said, we must save the nation in the midst of an awakening. We've thought, well, revival, awakening, reformation, transformation, all of that is for us in the church so that we can come in and encounter God. No, no, no. It's not for a God encounter. It's so that there would be a deposit of kingdom within yourself that you could take it out and cause the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdoms of our God. <laughs> Exodus 18, 21 and 22 out of the New Living Translation. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Whew. How do you go into our nation's capital as someone who barely has four digits in their bank account and come out with eight, nine digits in their bank account? Can anybody spell bribes? He was telling Moses, his father-in-law was speaking to him in this particular passage, and he said unto him, look, you need to place people to help you govern, and here's some qualifications for them. They need to be capable. 
Some of the people that we have in our nation's capital are not capable of governing. They've never done anything else. They've never run a business. They've never balanced a budget. They've never had a budget. They've never stewarded their family. They've never been able to get down and get dirt under their fingernails. Many of them are professional politicians and they're only capable to do what their handlers tell them to do. They are not people that have the best interest of this nation in or in their hearts. They are men that are looking and women that are looking to promote and to expand their own influences and their own ideas. And God is telling us to take a hard look. 2019, I was ministering in Australia and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Greg, you're going to lose two-thirds of your Congress to corruption. I said, that's a lot. He said, I know. And I hope it's enough. What does that mean? I believe we stepped into a time that many are not going to return because they're going to be beaten. I think we're stepped in a time that many may find themselves wor uh, working for the county in those orange striped jumpsuits. I'm trying to be careful, Tim. If you do not elect those that are capable, if you do not elect those that are honest or men who fear God and hate bribes, we will lose our nation. But let me tell you, the greatest voting block in this nation are born-again believers. And if we'll get up off of our do-nothing and go and find people that are capable, people that are honest, men who fear God and hate bribes and do everything that we can to get them in our nation's capital, we will see this nation become again the greatest influence of the kingdom of God that has ever been. This is something you cannot pray in you got to get up and go do it. You can't pray for your favorite politician to win. you got to get up and go vote. Amen. God doesn't vote. Angels don't vote. They'll help you if you need to get to the voting box. But uh, you're the one that casts the vote. And your vote counts. Let me say, Greg, it, it, I don't know if it does or not. It does. Listen to me. It does. It makes a great difference. We must do our duty just because things look difficult and they look topsy-turvy and like it doesn't matter, you still have a responsibility to execute your right and your stewardship of this nation. I want to go to this dream real quick. This is a dream that I had uh, in 2021, January the 26th of 2021. And it took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Matter of fact, we'll be there in a few days with another prayer assignment Thomas put together. And it took place in, in front of Independence Hall. <clears throat> now, you know, dreams are odd. Things can look like many things and things can actually be out of their natural geographical location, but still they have meaning in these dreams. This dream was different from dreams that I've had in the past. This dream was both animated and real. Real as people in, the, in this dream, they looked like real people. They had a real life appearances and animated in a way that some of the characters in the dream appeared like cartoon type characters. I've never dreamed in a cartoon type characters or comic book type scenes before, but I did in this one and I'm so I study this dream and pray into it more. I begin to find out why God did it this way. I found this very interesting. In the background, my background, I could see Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell. In front was a wide, very wide dirt street. And in the middle of that street stood a large elephant and a very large jackass. They were animated. Now you say, Greg, why don't you say donkey? Because the original mascot of that party was not a donkey. It was literally a jackass. And it, the, the picture, I think it was done by a man named Nest. He, drew, he drew, actually drew both parties' uh, logos, and they were used in cartoon animated uh, drawings 
to picture something that he wanted to do. And this jackass, in this very first rendition that was done of this animal, this jackass was kicking a lion in the face. The very first time it was drawn, it was kicking the li- a lion in the face. You don't have to be prophetic to catch a hold of that, do you? And then the elephant, whenever he drew the elephant, the elephant was, even though this guy was part of, of, of that party, uh, it was depicted as one, uh, like an elephant running off a cliff. Something that could be led in any way that it was, could be led in. It referred to a couple other things too. It referred to men that had saw battle and war that were part of the union. But it, it wasn't just a beautiful pictorial of what that party was. And I begin to see today that whenever we look at the root of something, it's very important. You can't just look at something as it is today. You've got to look at how it got there. History's important, family. Amen? And you got to understand the root of something. As I begin to look at this thing, the Lord began to speak to me that this, the elephant party, it can be led in any direction off a cliff if it needs to be led off a cliff. But the, the, the party of the jackass, it is continually kicking the lion in the face. It will not yield to the lion. It wants to fight the lion. It wants to defy the lion and it wants to run the lion out of his territory, but he doesn't understand the territory he's fighting the lion in belongs to the lion. My focus was fixed on the Liberty Bell as I saw someone approach it. It it appeared in the dream that that it was a boy there. He was about 14 or 15 years old and he was dressed in early American attire. He walked past the Liberty Bell, and as he walked past it, he struck it with a gavel. (coughs) Excuse me. He struck it with a gavel that he picked up that was laying on the ground beside the Liberty Bell. In the dream, I understood that the gavel had been laid there for anyone passing by to use it to strike the bell. It's time we strike the bell again. I heard the Lord say when I begin to really dig into this, He said, I'm raising up a nation that's not going to be afraid to strike the bell. There are going to be people that rise up in our nation that are not afraid to pick up a gavel, a symbol of authority, a symbol of judgment, and begin to hit liberty with it again. And we're going to begin to see liberty ring throughout this nation like never before. Why? Because now it's not going to be a cliche of political leaders that they use to get people to vote for them. But it's going to be a cry of return. It's going to be a cry of awakening. That striking the bell and the sound of liberty is going to come out of the pews of our church houses. It's going to come out of our kitchen table. It's going to come out of of our, of our halls, of our school. It's going to begin to ring forth by common men and common women and young people across our nation that says we are willing to fight for liberty. Where's my gavel? I'm ready to strike the bell. Whenever we begin to do this, this is what's going to happen. These animated, animated is not real. Animation rather is not real. I even had to look up what the word animated meant. And it means having the appearance of something alive. It's not alive, but it has the appearance of something alive. It can have the vigor and the spirit of something that's lively. It's full movement or activity. It's something that gives the appearance and the equality of life. I believe these two mascots have tried to redefine quality of life. I believe they've tried to take God's dream and listen to me, I love this nation, I am a patriot, I'm a descendant of John Adams and John Quincy Adams. I love this nation. 
but we have allowed an American dream to begin to be sold as a bill of goods to our nation and the nations of the world that the American dream is about wealth, prosperity, it's about all of these things that you can get, materialism, but the American dream is not that. The American dream is to be a nation that follows hard after God. The American dream is to be a people of liberty and a people of freedom that have the liberty and freedom to express in any form that they desire their love and their worship towards God. American dream is a, is a dream of free speech. It's a dream about the ability to protect ourselves from enemies that are foreign and domestic to be able to have a government of the people, by the people, for the people, that enables the people to live out what God has put in their heart. I feel that this morning. Now the boy rang the bell, and as, as the boy rang the bell, the elephant and the jack, they, they were standing in the middle of the street. They began to bite one another. When this boy took that gavel and he, and he hit this bell, these two mascots began to fight one another in the middle of the street. They fought hard for a short while. Then the elephant retreated to his side of the street where Independence Hall was and the Liberty Bell were. And then the, the jackass went to the opposite side of the street. Begin to think, why is that? Why at the ringing of the Liberty Bell, the Bell of Freedom, did these two mascots begin to fight? Because the sound of liberty, the sound of freedom, the sound of a people, a common people beginning to declare again what this nation was birthed for begins to cause destruction and releases havoc among the camp of those that want the opposite for this nation. I noticed in the dream that the elephant went to the side that Independence Hall was and the Liberty Bell was and they, they seemed to be the people's party for some reason but I want you to know today they're animated. They're animated just like the other one. They're animated. They have an appearance of life. They have an appearance of quality but they're animated. And they begin to, they, they went to the opposite sides of the street again. They begin intently staring at one another again from across this dirt street. And then I saw another person begin to approach the Liberty Bell. It was Abraham Lincoln. And he picked up the gavel and, and from the ground and he struck the Liberty Bell just as the boy had done. And as he struck it, I can remember the sound was so very loud in the dream that, that, I could, that, that the entire nation could hear the sound of liberty beginning to ring. We don't have to be very prophetic to know what that means as well. God began to bring every man, every woman, no matter what your color was, no matter what your ethnic background was, no matter where you had come from or what status in society that you had, he was bringing people back into a place of being equal. Amen. Red, yellow, black, and white. Amen. Pink, purple, polka dotted, whatever it may be. God intends for you and I. He never intended for us to rule over one another. He intended us to rule over his creation. When he struck the Liberty Bell, this, these two mascots ran into the middle of the street and began to fight one another. They fought even more fierce than they had done before. And I noticed this time that the streets were very muddy and the mud was very deep in the streets. Soon the fight was over and the elephant had moved to the side where Independence Hall was and the Liberty Bell and the other mascot had retreated to the other side of the street. And then I could see on the sidewalk in front of Independence Hall, a woman was walking towards the Liberty Bell. As she grew closer, I could tell who she was in the dream. And as she arrived at the Liberty Bell, she knelt down and she began to dig a dirt around the bell. She began to take her hands and dig the dirt that was around the bell. It was as, as if she knew what she was digging for. 
And the elephant and this other mascot, I could see they were staring more fiercely, more intently, more firm at one another than they ever had before. This lady found what she was digging for. It was the gavel. The gavel had been buried. The ability to strike the bell had been buried at the bell. She picked it up and she struck the bell with it and vibrations went throughout the entire nation again, but it also went into the heavens. I began to see a line form there and Tom Sleater was in that line and he picked the gavel up and struck it. Jackie Tyre was there. She struck it as well. There were others that you would know that were in this line that struck it. Men that were in media, men that were in business, men that were in ministry. Prophets and apostles begin to strike the bell. And whenever this bell began to be struck harder and harder, it caused these two mascots to fight so intensely in the middle of the street that they begin to bleed remember they were animated and my attention was turned to Justice Barrett walking down the sidewalk she came out of Independence Hall down to the Liberty Bell Dutch was actually walking with her and as they approached the Liberty Bell Justice Barrett took the gavel from a man's hand and handed it to Dutch and she said to Dutch I cannot strike it until you strike it that's powerful. Dutch represents the ecclesia of the church. And she was saying to the church, I cannot make liberty ring in this nation until you first make liberty ring in this nation. Family, we can't put our trust in government. We can't put our trust in men that we send there, or women that we send there. We must set the atmosphere. We must create the environment for them to be able to be influenced by Holy Spirit to do what God desires to do in this nation. And I believe that we've been striking the Liberty Bell. I believe that liberty is beginning to ring like never before from the church. And it's not just a liberty, let's get saved and go to heaven. No, no, no. You don't, your gifts aren't needed in heaven, by the way. They're not going to be prophets and apostles in heaven. You're not going to have a ministry in heaven. You're not going to need your money in heaven. Right? Matter of fact, you're not going to stay in heaven very long. When he returns, you're coming back with him to work again in the earth. <laughs> Amen. Your gift is needed here. Your purpose is aligned with God's will for the nation that you live in. And until we begin to strike the bell harder and harder and harder, these two entities that have set themselves up as the governing force in our nation will continue to rule until we ring the bell. I noticed at this time the street was paved and it had lines on it. Brought us up to modern times. When Dutch struck the bell, as he did, the clouds cracked open. Remember, the ecclesia. When we strike the bell, the clouds are going to crack open. And it showed me that a very large eagle accompanied by a very large angel appeared from where they had been hidden and held back. The angel hovered over the, over the fight that was going on in, in the street between these two mascots. And then the, the eagle, he approached the elephant first in a fierce dive out of the heavens. It was like he was diving for a fish in a river. You've seen the eagles dive like that. And his talons landed on the eyes. Now, if you've got a weak stomach, just hang on. It gets a little graphic. It's animated, but it gets graphic. It landed on the eyes of the elephant and pulled them out of their sockets and dropped them on the ground, leaving him blind. At this point, the, the elephant was no longer animated. He seemed real. Swooping around in a very fast turn, the eagle did the same to the other mascot. He too was no longer animated but real. The, the eagle pulled his eyes from its sockets, this time with his beak out of the other one, and he dropped them on the ground, leaving him blind as well. The eagle represents this nation the people of this nation, we've got to begin to attack the way they want us to see things. In doing so, let me back up. He then, this eagle then landed on the back of this, the, 
the jackass. It's difficult saying that, but I got to say it that way. And with his beak, he began to tear the flesh from the base of his neck. And in doing so, he exposed the upper part of his spine. Then he fell dead in the street. Leaping, he just jumped off of it on the back of the elephant and he did the same. Pulled the flesh from the upper part of his back, exposing his spine. The elephant fell dead in the middle of the street. They both had fallen. Then the eagle flew over to the Liberty Bell where we all were watching this uh, unfold and he lit on top of the bell and he let out a loud hair-raising scream. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying in this that these two particular entities are going to come into a place to be non-existent. I hear this. Now listen, God's going to raise up something to take, it, take their places, but it must be righteous. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord prompting me to tell you right now in this moment, do not let fear grip you at what you're getting ready to see in our nation. You're going to see these two begin to fight one another like they've never fought one another before. And actually, they have been on the same team the whole time. But they're going to begin to see themselves losing their grip and they're going to fight when liberty begins to ring. When the church begins to strike the bell of liberty again, you're going to see them fight like they've never fought before. And they're going to fight not only about you and control over you, but they will use you in their fight to try to win the match against one another. Do not be afraid and do not draw back because of what you see coming in the months ahead and even in 2023. As I read from preachers and presidents today who were part of the second great awakening, we will see awakening come in 2023 like we've never seen before in this nation. Hallelujah! In that day like today, the halls of Congress are corrupt. They're full of men who are taking bribes. They're full of the incapable. They're full of those who have no moral values. People say you cannot legislate morality. They only say that when righteous morality is trying to be legislated. And then they turn and legislate things that are immoral. Legislation always is tied to morality. Always, in every case, is tied to morality. These two entities, I'm telling you, by the word of the Lord today, they will come to a place that they will be non-existent in this nation. Hmm. They were both laying dead. They'd fallen. The eagle flew over and landed on the Liberty Bell. He let out this freedom scream. The angel hovered over this violent confrontation between these two mascots. And the eagle stood in front of Dutch and, uh, and handed him, the eagle, excuse me, the angel stood in front of Dutch and handed him two silver mercy coins. Dutch handed one coin to Justice Barrett and said, Now we can do this together. I believe God is bringing into our nation a unity to where the, 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 the government of America and the, and the kingdom government of the church will be working together to advance the purposes of God's heart. Do you believe that? I believe it. He said, Now we can do this together. God has released mercy to America once again. We must steward this thing well, he said. When he handed her, he then handed her the gavel and she struck the bell. When she struck it, the angel went and stood in the heavens over America. And I was seeing this as, as we, the church, struck, as we brought the, our nation into a place to where America can strike that there is going to be a angelic formation of protection over our nation that empowers the church to empower the government to steward liberty and freedom well. Then both ju the Justice and Dutch walked back into Independence Hall and we all followed them. 
they placed a coin on top of a document that we could see was the Declaration of Independence. And then Dutch began to prophesy loudly and forcefully, we are free again. America in this moment is held hostage. But the sound of liberty is sending violent vibrations throughout this nation. And as these sounds of liberty are going throughout our nation, those that have been fighting one another in the streets are, are, are feeling the pressure of losing their grip because the eagle, the people of this nation, are coming to a place that we say we have no need of you any longer. You are blind leading the blind. And we're going to begin to see a reforming, a rebirthing of a nation that is put back into what God intended for her to be. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe if I've ever heard God, I've heard God on this. There are those today that says God doesn't you know, love America. If, he, if he's going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, he needs to judge America. Turn those people off. They don't know what they're thinking, talking about. Just cut them off. If God will heal and restore and redeem Israel from all that they did throughout history and call them the apple of his eye, he'll bring America back into what he's called us to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are those that are out there preaching today that everything has to get worse before Jesus comes. That's not in here. That's doctrines of men. God said he's coming back after a church that is without spot or wrinkle. My prayer is God get the iron out. Hallelujah. Yeah. America shifting. We're in this shifting moment. We're in this last night. I mean, Friday night was a moment that locked us in as the ecclesia to begin to bring this shift. That's how significant this was. And we as the ecclesia must stay in a place of ringing the bell. Some of you are going to have to run for office. Some of you are going to have to get on the school board. Some of you are going to have to run for higher offices. But you're going to have to get involved. It's time to put feet to your prayers. Some of you are going to have to get out and give money to people that are running. Our founding fathers, many of them, most all of them, lost all of their wealth to see this nation come into a place of freedom. Are we willing? I think God's setting us up for it. Amen? So what's the church need to do? We need to begin to not only pray, but we need to begin to decree in greater ways that causes the sound of liberty to go throughout this nation that brings havoc and, and brings disruption into the camp of the enemy. Would you stand with me? Apostle Tim, would you come? Apostle Tom, would you come on up with me? You, Rachel, if you guys would just come on back up. I want to just take a few minutes to pray into this. I think what God is trying to say to us today is we got to act. We've got to get into a place to where we put our boots on. To where we get into the field of battle. I'm not talking about a physical battle. I'm talking about a spiritual battle that enables us to take ground. I believe God is saying to us as a whole, we've got to get on the same page. We've got to lay down our religious traditions that have caused the Word of God not to work. And we've got to come out of our safe places and get into the place to where we as Americans, as believers in Christ, kingdom people, begin to legislate in a way that brings order, divine order, and the sound of liberty like never before in America. Are you ready for that? Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for America. I thank you for this nation. Father, I thank you for why you birthed her. Father, I thank you it was founded on Judeo-Christian values. That our founding fathers, many of them, most all of them, were men who feared you and understood why prayer was so important. Father, this nation has, has a foundation of kingdom in it. 
Father, we remind you today, as you tell us to do in your word, that that Lord, the prophetic words are so important and you've said over America in 1607, one of the first recorded prophetic words, Father, was that the gospel of the kingdom will go into this new world. And from this new world, the gospel of the kingdom will go to the shores of every nation. Father, we know this is our assignment. This is our, this is our purpose as a nation is to advance the kingdom of God. So Father, today we renounce all those things that have gotten in our way and we say we'll have nothing else to do with it. And we say today, Father, that give us the compass. Give us the line, Lord God, that we must hold and that we must get on to, Father God, to begin to bring America back into the fullness, the fulfillment of her prophetic destiny. Father, I thank you, Lord, that there is an ecclesia that is in more alignment today than there's ever been. I thank you, Father, the angels are ready. They're in alignment as well, and we're coming together to partner, Father, in seeing this nation come back into what you've called her to be. Father, I thank you that we've stepped into a day to where those that have held her hostage or have lost their grip, and they're not playing their best hand, they're playing their last hand, and the forever loser loses again. Father, I decree today this great awakening has been activated and the shift has taken place. It was locked in on Friday night. And Father, your ecclesia is moving into a place to where we are taking ground. We are holding ground and we are advancing your kingdom in this nation. Stir everyone. Let those coals touch their lips. Father, give them revelation, give them wisdom, give them insight in the places that you put them to speak and to cry and to ring, dear God, the liberty, to strike the liberty bell so that the waves of liberty would begin to affect everyone that hears their voice. Father, you have brought us into a new season in this new era of taking back what the enemy has stolen. This is our season of reaping. Father, we declare that nothing will fall from the vine before it's time. Everything will come into your basket. Father, it will come into your storehouse and it will be used to distribute kingdom, 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 kingdom in every part of this world in Jesus' name. The Lord has just drawn us through the month of Elul the month of tribe of Gad. The Lord had spoken to me years ago that I am of that tribe. And I thought, really, Gad? But the Lord said, it is a time when I'm gathering my troops together. It is a time when I'm bringing all of my people into their rightful position. And then in that month, I will be the king in their field. And I'm not there to make them feel nice. I'm not there to make them feel good. I am there to muster them for the war that is now ahead. For we have now moved in to Shanatov. We have moved through the door of access. We have moved into the place where we will take up arms. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against the principalities, the dark places, the very one who says, I rule this world. And as I decree, I come into agreement with my brother both of these brothers, this forever loser, he has played his last hand. And we decree today that we are moving in now to strike that bell. We are moving in to strike freedom's bell and liberty's bell. And we are saying this land now is the land of the Lord God Almighty. It has always been his. He never gave it up. He's always been enthroned over it. But now he says, my army is ready. Locked and loaded, he said. I'm going to share briefly just, I always love military stuff. And the battleship Texas is the only battleship left that was in both world wars. Commissioned in 1914, a dreadnought. Mighty guns. But it's been 
just in a little harbor, basically mired in mud for the last 60 years until two weeks ago. It was towed down the Houston Ship Channel to go into dry dock to be completely refitted. Not for battle, but just restored completely. And the Lord said, there is my ecclesia. For 50, 60 years, you've been mired in mud, the Lord says. You've been falling apart at the seams. You've been leaking. Your decks are rotting away. But I am refitting you, says the Lord. I am restoring you. I am transforming you. And you will not just be a something to look at, but you will be a fighting machine. Because I have polished you and I have made you ready. He showed me a vision of men loading guns again into those giant turret guns. And then he said, locked and loaded, now proceed. It is time for us now to move in, says the Lord. So I decree over this house, I come into so much agreement that this is a church that's on the front lines, the point of the spear, and will lead this nation now unencumbered. Kay said, you're now unencumbered. No longer tied down. So move ahead, says the Lord. Go out into the sea. Go out and form your battle lines. For I, the King, am with you, says the Lord. And we win. We win. We win. And America, not as going to be, America is saved. We agree, Lord. Let freedom ring. We strike that bell this day. We've been striking that bell all weekend. Let freedom ring from this pulpit. Let freedom ring from the ecclesia pulpits around this nation. Let, let freedom ring from the pulpits of America and the world. May the apostle's voice become a gavel. May the prophet's voice become a gavel, ringing forth the liberty and the freedom of King Jesus. Amen. America is being saved. It's all, it's turning, it's moving. The destiny of this nation will flourish at levels never seen before. We set ourselves in agreement in Jesus' name, okay? I just wanted to share with you an incident that happened to us this last weekend. We went to visit some friends down in uh, Galveston and uh, they were showing us their new house and there was nothing in the house except a bed where they were sleeping. And, um, but she came out, she says, I want to give you something. And so she brought out this gift and it was a ball basically. And um, she handed it to us like it was really precious and special. And she said, I don't know why I saved this. I don't know why I'm giving this to you. You just do what you want to with it. And she presented it to me, you know, or to us, like it was just something really special. So we opened it up, it was covered in bubble wrap. And we opened it up, and it was a glass Liberty Bell. And it was a bank, and it was filled with pennies. And there was no way to get the pennies out unless you broke it, because it was so full of pennies. And she says, I don't know what you're going to do with it. If you want to break it, you can. But it was my mother's. She lived in Philadelphia. And she passed away this last, uh, in the summertime or so. And she said, as I was going through her stuff, I found this. And I don't know why I saved it. But it was hers. And, you know, it was precious to me. But I'm, I'm giving it to you. And all I wanted to say is liberty is precious. It's costly, but not in money, 
you know, it's, there were, there's just pennies in it. So it's not costly in gold or silver, it, but it's precious. And it's something we need to preserve and keep and present to the next generation. Thank you, Kelly. Hallelujah. You know, when you, maybe you go to some nice place to eat and you just eat because it's so good you eat too much. You're a living prophetic picture that's how I feel this weekend I'm full I'm full I'm full (laughs) thank you uh, brother Greg Joanne thank you Kay and Tom thank you for being a part of this weekend we bless you uh, and uh, I know many of you are traveling today. Be blessed on your travels. Those of you that are watching, we thank you for doing that. And uh, just continue to keep praying for liberty to ring throughout the land. Amen. Bless you. Have a great rest of your day.